Okay, so on this very blowy autumn day, this is lesson four, which is blending essential oils. So we'll talk a little bit about perfume blending to start off with, and then we'll go on to more blending of essential oils for therapeutic use. <sighs> Making your own personal blend is something that's fascinating. Everybody has an idea of what is the perfect scent for them and what they want to smell like, the smell that they want to portray to people. And it's quite interesting to work with this a little bit and sort of work out what your favourite smells are and how to blend them together. Have a go at blending things together as well. Have a go at blending five, six, seven, eight oils. I mean, the you know, sort of commercial perfumes can have two, three hundred different components. And there was a series of quite interesting programmes on the television, on the BBC, uh, last year, all about perfume makers and the perfumery business. Most of them were chemical perfumers, um, but it did show you sort of lavender fields and them extracting uh, some oils and some perfumes as well. And then working with clients to create perfume. And there were quite an interesting series of um, documentaries. I think there were four. I will have a look, see if they're anywhere online, and I will put a link onto them if I can find them anywhere. I'm not sure whether they'll still be around, but there's something to look out for on the BBC. I think they were shown on BBC Four. But um, the perfume industry relies mainly on synthetic chemicals um, and fragrance oils and things, but there are quite a lot of natural perfumers out there now, and I have at the end of your lesson put you some links to natural perfumers websites and things so you can learn a little bit more about natural perfumery um, people say that the perfumes made with synthetic um, chemicals have no therapeutic value because there's no life force now there is a slight argument to this from the perfumers saying but they make people feel good they lift your spirits they make you feel good so that's a sort of ongoing debate um, people can also be quite sensitive to perfumes that are synthetically manufactured and you will get people come and say I can't wear perfume and if you patch test them they're very often there's no allergies to the actual natural laws at all it is the synthetic perfumes because what they do is they pull certain components out of either natural um, oils to make just tiny parts or they synthetically manufacture them so obviously there's a lot of chemical in there uh, and that is what people are allergic to it's the chemical so or they need the 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 oil the essential oil in the whole so so perfume making goes back you know to the egyptians they made perfumes and unguents and balms and things you may notice that one perfume smells wonderful on somebody and you smell it and think oh that smells wonderful but if you try it on yourself it smells very different and it's your own body's chemistry how that reacts with the components of the perfume and you will find this and this is why people like certain smells and don't like certain smells they're drawn to them they need what's in them um, and they like the smell of them it balances them chemically in their sort of well-being so lots of different things to try if you're trying oils i always put them in a little bit of carrier oil and put them on my skin and then smell them because they do smell quite different uh when they're on your skin as well so 
have a little look around about perfume blending and look at some of the natural perfumers. Um, there is the film perfume and the book perfume as well, isn't there, about the man who became obsessed with smells and perfume to the point where he murdered for them. Um, I haven't seen the film. I read the book many years ago and it was very interesting and did a lot of sort of descriptive work about perfumes as well. So another one to have a look at um, if you're feeling adventurous. I'll put a link on the bottom of uh, this for this lesson for the book as well. Um, we'll talk a little bit about blends now and well-balanced blends. Now when I did my training each um, blend had to have a top, a middle and a base note in it. And you will come across these terms top, middle and base notes. So now I'll talk a little bit about what they are, what they do. Uh, top notes are the initial impression of a blend. These are the fresh, light, volatile and sharp molecules which come first. They're very light so they're released out of things very quickly. Um, they have an invigorating effect on the mind. They're very uplifting. Um, they evaporate quickly though so if you sort of put them on a tissue and put them in the sort of windowsill you will notice that after a few hours they've disappeared. Um, there's no trace of the smell whatsoever. So uh, these are top notes. So they tend to be things like lemon, uh, sweet orange, basil. Most of the citrus are top notes. So they are the invigorating, uplifting, um, very stimulating oils. So they're your top notes. We then go to middle notes. And these will constitute the bulk of a blend. So they would make up 50 to 60% of your blend. So this is... Um, the smell's there straight away and it lingers around. So obviously if you've got a blend with top, middle and bottom, you will smell the top first and it will go. You will then start and get the middle notes coming through. These are the balancing oils. They um, smooth any sharp edges off a blend and they are very balancing to the system. They bring about balance so they'll sort of bring somebody into balance if they're um, very tired and they want lifting up. Um, these are the balancing oils. They tend to be a lot of the culinary herbs as well. So they tend to be quite green, um, the smells do. So examples of them are, are rosemary and marjoram, juniper and lavender as well. Again, is a middle note balancing in action. These smells will stay around for five, probably five to six hours uh, and then you'll start and sort of lose them. So have a go with tissues, put them out on the windowsill, you know, put a little bit on each um, and see how, how, they, how they disperse. So base notes are the depth to the blend, they're the anchor, they're the grounding oils. These are the fixatives um, which hold the lighter one, the lighter scents together. They tend to be quite powerful uh, and they can be very overpowering in a blend so you only need small amounts of them into the blend to fix a blend or to, to sort of level it off. Um, base notes are things like frankincense, clove, vetiver which is one of the um, 
ones used a lot in perfumery to hold uh, the scent. Patchouli as well and rose is a base oil, it's a base note. You tend to find you don't need a lot of them in the blend because they do stay around for a long while. If you put some on a tissue, put it in, you know, put it on the shelf in the windowsill, it'll be there, still there tomorrow, you'll still be able to smell it. So, so the base notes are the very base, they're the grounding, they're the holding it together ones. So as I say, when I learnt aromatherapy, you had to have a top, a middle and a base in a blend. You tend not to have, it. there's not so much you must do it now, um, and blends can be sort of all top notes, all middle, all, all base notes. <coughs> We'll have a play around. It's nice to start off with to do a top, a middle and a base so it evens the blend out. But then you can start an experiment and use a little bit more top or less base or whatever. And you can vary the amounts um, within your blends. If you're working some um, recipes for perfume and things, we'll give it in mills. Now, in England, we work on that there's 20 drops to one mill and five mil in a teaspoon so you will get some of the american blends have got sort of one teaspoon of oil and one mil of each essential oil things like that so that's how they work it out and in your notes there is a little standard measurements there's a, a, a few standard measurements that you'll use and there is a table for calculating essential oil concentrations which you need to write down um you know use 10 mil with a 2% dilution um, for when you're working with oils as well. You need to put your percentage dilutions down. Um, so that's quite a nice little calculator. And what I do is I, I've got one cut out and laminated because I can never you know, sort of always work it out. Sometimes my brain just won't work fast enough. But it's quite easy there to see. Uh, you know, if you want something in a 0.5 dilution, um, then, you know, sort of, if you wanted a 10 mil blend for a massage with a 0.5 dilution you would use one drop of essential oil. Now what you could do if you wanted to use three different oils is put 30ml with one drop of each in and that would obviously give you a 1% dilution or what you could do is you could mix your three essential oils up together in a little bottle and then just put one drop of that in because you would get a synergistic blend with a third of each in. Uh, doing it like that that's sort of blending um, for certain amounts but at the moment we're going to talk about the sort of process of blending um, and actually learning new materials to start and blend what I would like you to do um, and what I find quite interesting to do is to keep an essential oil log or a journal you can do it in whatever format suits you best, whether it's a notebook, whether it's a diary, whether you do it on a computer document. Um, but it's a nice thing to do, especially when you're learning and there's lots of different oils. So it's about knowing your materials, knowing what you're doing and being able to work out the smell. When you get to know smells, you'll be able to describe them. So what I've done is I've loaded you a, a page of descriptive words for essentials onto the lesson and I want you to look at keeping this essential log or journal. So to do that you need to select one essential oil 
and put it on a tissue, put it on a spill and make sure you write on it. Uh, I only recommend that you do one a day. If you start smelling too much, it just, your whole nose just won't accept anymore. Um, smell it. What does it smell like? Look at your descriptive words um, and try and describe the smell. Is it fresh? Is it dry? Is it green? Is it heavy? Does it smell of the earth? Would you say it's culinary? Is it smoky? Is it resinous? And write all that down. And then leave the oil for a few hours and smell it again. Has it changed? How would you describe it then? And then again, after around six to eight hours, smell it again and write down, you know, it may have gone by, probably if it's top note, you know, after the first time it will have gone. There'll be no trace of it there. But describe it and look at how it changes. Write, you know, if you like the oil, if it evokes any memories to you. If I smell rose, it always reminds me of time when I was about two or three years old with my granddad in the garden in the greenhouse because the greenhouse was surrounded by um, rose bushes and all you could smell on a hot day was roses and I used to spend hours in the greenhouse with my granddad helping him pot plants up and set seeds and that is my as soon as I smell rose I'm back in that sort of situation and this is what happens as well we'll talk about it later as well but your memory if you've got a memory and a smell it will lock them together so you have it's it's always a good idea to ask people if they don't like any particular smells because sometimes there are reasons why they don't like a smell and they may you know dislike the smell terribly because of some reason and you that is when you avoid putting it into a blend always ask people during the consultation are there any smells that you particularly don't like and then that airs away from them because obviously the last thing you want to do when you're trying to create a nice peaceful relaxing treatment is to remind them of something that was quite a stressful situation so within your journal write if there's any memories that come up if it makes you think about things and also start and think about what you could blend that oil with because sometimes it's quite interesting you get some quite interesting combinations that come along um, and they are very effective but you wouldn't necessarily put them together one of my favorite blends is rose otto and cardamom now you wouldn't necessarily put those two together but they do make a very spicy sultry blend which is really really nice but I think that's come from my love of rose as well but it is a really nice blender and it's not one that you would normally put together rose and ginger are quite nice together as well very base very solid perfume um, but a very nice blend work together it may not be for you but it is you know it's something that I like um, but these they're not normal things that you would blend together uh, you wouldn't be putting rose and ginger or rose and cardamom together normally but sometimes you know you think oh it might work with that have a go with it write it down the more you can write down the more you can smell the better 
descriptions you can give the more it will help you with the aromatherapy and it takes you on this wondrous journey of starting to describe things and look at things and look at smells and really being able and taste as well you'll notice that when you start and eat things you will try and work out the tastes in things as well um, so it's a, a really nice way of working when you when you're smelling um, take regular breaks make sure you're in a room that's ventilated and you know go away clear your clear your head um, and take regular breaks from it you can get you can end up quite headachey uh, and feeling a little bit sick at times uh, because there's so many smells around you one way to clear your nose quickly is if you sort of place it in the crook of your elbow and take a few deep breaths you will actually take on your smell your body smell um, and it will clear your nose but take plenty of breaks also notice if you're getting immune to smells i can't always smell smells around me and then somebody will come in and say oh god it smells of really in here what you've been doing with the oils you know you've had loads of oils out i don't notice it so much and you'll end up not noticing it but other people do when i was doing um, my teaching degree one of the lecturers said we always know when you've handed a piece of work in because we can smell it in the office she said where do you keep your paper and of course I kept my paper for my printer above one of my oil boxes in the house so what was happening the, the smell of the oils was permeating up into the paper I couldn't smell it because I can't smell it in the house uh, because it's around me all the time I use essential oils every day but as soon as I handed it in there they knew they could smell it in the office um, so you do actually get sort of immune to smells so just beware of this because sometimes you need a lot more oil to get a smell um, so just beware um, of this so we'll talk about approaches to blending essential oils now there's lots and lots of different approaches to blending a blend of essential oils is a very personal mixture it depends on the experience of you as a therapist and the needs of the client and also the oils you've got available and working with the preferences of the client there's no right there's no wrong way to selecting oils but you do need to just have a little bit of um, background on the different approaches about formulating a blend you will settle as a therapist into your way it may be chemistry based, it may be holistic based, it may be intu intuitive, uh, energetic based. But try some of the different methods and don't dispel any of them to start off with um, and see which ones you prefer the best. So we'll go through and we'll talk about holistic approaches and energetic approaches and things like that. So the first one we'll talk about is holistic approach. This is a word you'll start and hear a lot and we do talk more in the next few lessons about holistic approach. Marguerite Maury was the first person to use a holistic approach in aromatherapy and she used a mixture of top, middle and base notes to develop this synergistic blend. Um, now she likened this to the negative of a, a photograph and she looked at that the base notes would work on the cellular cellular and the physical body 
the middle notes would work on the, the rhythm and the function of the body and the top notes would work on the limbic system. So they would work with the brain and the sort of the processing and everything. So she, as part of this holistic approach, would take a full and thorough consultation. Now she looked at physical signs and symptoms. She looked at where there was areas of malfunction and depletion in the body. So things like if you've got a regular kidney infection, if you've got low blood pressure, she would note that down and start and look at ways of lifting that and what else she would need to do that with. She looked at the areas affected by stress and diet and lifestyle. So if people came presenting with asthma, she would look at if that was a, a stress um, related symptom or whether it was a genetic symptom. Uh, because asthma can be genetic or it can be stress it can come at any time in somebody's life and she looked at what problems could present themselves in the future with what she what picture she got at that time so obviously if she got somebody in front of her that got a very very bad diet they were overweight and they didn't exercise she looked that this could obviously then lead to obesity and diabetes and probably heart disease later down the line um, she also looked at emotional issues sort of what was going on around the person whether they had a bereavement whether they became very stressed at work whether they were happy in the work whether they got family problems and she started to build a picture and she looked at how the individual presented themselves whether they very, were very closed and unreceptive whether they got emotional while they were telling her about things, whether the emotions were appropriate, um, because sometimes you'll get a client that will tell you something sad, very, very sad, that's obviously affected them, but they'll laugh, and it's this altering of emotion or state. So she then used her consultation and she blended um oils around this now she worked on the theory that all notes should be used in a holistic blend and the proportions that she looked at using were top notes were around 20 to 30 percent middle notes around 40 to 80 percent and base notes around 10 to 25 percent um and this created a very holistic blend. So this is the first blending approach that we'll look at, is the holistic approach. The second approach is this functional group blending. This is a very French type of blending. Um, it produces a blend which works primarily on the physical level. And the French physicians use the reasoning that the functional groups, um, so you know, the sort of chemical groups, are attached to carbons, which also there is carbon in the, the skeletal system in your body. So they look at, um, they're looking for the chemical structures of the oils to work with the chemical imbalances in your body. So they would be looking that 
sesquiterpenes are anti-inflammatory so if people have got uh, inflammatory conditions sort of arthritis um, they would be looking at using something that have got sesquiterpenes in it they look they look as well that oxides are decongestant and ketones are vulnerary don't worry about this too much at the moment we will cover chemistry in module two this will then all become self-explanatory but just look at um this is a functional group blending they're using the chemical structure of the oil to make the blend now Francom and Peniel uh, who are two French aromatherapists you will come across their names quite a lot um, they suggested two ways of blending using this functional group blending the, there was horizontal synergy which blends the oils with same or similar functions so you would use a lot of oxide rich oils to be decongestant and they also looked at vertical synergy which was or is the way of using oils from each group to create again a blend that will affect a number of issues so obviously if you've got somebody that is presenting to you with regular infections which are affecting the lungs and they are very stressed you would be looking at oils which cross the barriers of you're looking for stress you're looking for building the immune system but you're also looking for decongesting the lungs to get all the sort of phlegm and mucus out of the lungs to help stop it clogging up uh, and creating further infections so that's the second the functional group blending um, the third one we'll talk about is uh, the caddy blending system um, it's a system developed by Rosemary Caddy uh, who's an aromatherapist and she created oil profiles in the form of a pie chart style which on your essential oil profiles you've got pie chart style it's a very visual way of doing it and it allows you to see the structural components so obviously you know if it's very red it's got a lot of sort of oils which can be quite aggressive in it and the colouring it gives you a, an indication of what the oil is going to do um, it allows you to compare quite quickly one against the other um, so you can see you know if that oil's got a lot of aggressive in that's not got so many in so perhaps I'm best I'm safer to use that one um, she then went on to develop a program which allows you to blend these oils together on the computer and it shows you what's in the blend it adds the blend together and you can add more drops and less drops and things and keep sort of adding to and taking away it's quite a nice thing to do when you're learning because it's a nice way it's a very visual way if you somebody that likes pictures to learn it's quite a visual way of learning you can get a free demonstration version online and I've put you a link onto that and obviously there's the essential profiles book the Rosemary Caddy book which is in the the suggested book list um, a nice way and as I say a nice way if you like learning by pictures as well um, and it does make the oils a bit more real for you um, the fourth system we'll look at is energetic approaches now this is the system used by Gabriel Moje um, and he uses Chinese theory um, the five elements along with yin and yang and there are other people which use um, the elements um, and chakras 
and Ayurvedic as well. So it's all a sort of very energetic approach. You're looking at either Ayurveda or Chinese medicine and you're relating the oils into that system. All the chakras as well is another way of looking at the oils and I've done quite a bit of work with colour and essential oils and there is definitely a link between the two. Um, have a look round. If you've got access to the Gabriel Moje book, have a read of it um, and see what you think. You know, if you come from an acupuncture background, uh, you will know a lot about the, the five elements and yin and yang. Um, and it may be a way that you want to work um, with the oils. So, so sort of lots of scope for different approaches to blending. The fifth one is the Peter Holmes system. Now, Peter Holmes is a medical herbalist and a clinical aromatherapist, and he also practices in Oriental medicine. And he devised a system of blending, which he called aroma pharmacology. Um, and he described it as how essential oil fragrances affect the body, feeling, mind as a whole. Now, he looked at how fragrance had been used by the ancient Greeks and the Indians and in Persia. Now, he used three parameters, which were tone, which was the quality of the odour, intensity, which is the strength of the odour, and note, which is the evaporation rate. So you can see there that sort of we've got a little bit about the notes in, uh, and we're working on the sort of perfume smells as well. Um, he then put into this six fragrance categories, um, which was high and top tone, which were things like citrus oils, which he believed had a energising and uplifting effect. He looked at low and bass tones, which were things like vetiver and patchouli, which are the bass notes. Uh, quite, he described them as having a depressing or sedative or grounding effect. So it wouldn't bring on depression, but obviously if you wanted to depress um, a very energetic mind uh, that's the sort of descriptive way he's using it he sort of added spicy oils to it stimulating awakening opening and dispersing sweet oils which he said to have a calming and regulating nourishing and regenerating effect lemony oils which were clearing clearing focusing energizing green oils which he said were balancing regulating relaxing, clearing and cooling and woody oils which were very centering and grounding and strengthening and rooty oils which were grounding, stabilising, calming, solidifying and he worked with these to create blends so as you can see the, we're getting sort of quite a bit of crossover from the different ones um, there is a link for more information uh, about this system go away have a look at it uh, it it relates as well to the perfumery because they have various descriptions that they will use for oils um, so it's linking into the perfumery which you know he, he sort of admits that he'd, he'd based um, a lot of his development on the, the sort of how the Greeks and Indians and Persians used the oils so the sixth one we'll talk about is intuition um, this comes with time, with practice. The more you know your oils, the more you'll sense the smell and you'll be able to start and work them into descriptive. It's a system that I use quite a lot. Um, 
and it's purely by time and practice and being slightly in intuitive and working on energies and you're just as a person talks to you they will almost speak an oil to you sort of telepathically they'll say you know that you know what they're describing you'll think they're telling me it's rose or they're telling me it's frankincense or you know sort of if um sometimes if i've got somebody that's had a bereavement um it could be rose it could be frankincense and talking to them more you'll work out whether they're grieving so it would be rose or frankincense because they're ready to move on uh, that they need in the blend so it comes with time it comes with listening and communicating with people but it, the more you learn about your oils the more you smell them and describe them the more intuitive you will become with your oils you work together with your oils and you'll know when they when they want to be used um building on to that is dowsing um and i've done a little video which i'll load about dowsing i use it occasionally um some people say oh it's hocus pocus or you're moving the you know you're moving the pendulum on your own um don't eliminate have a try um one or two people have shocked themselves with the fact that the pendulum when they've held it has moved and they haven't moved it um sometimes if i've got lots and lots of different oils and it just i can't get it to gel properly a blend i will douse and just see what what um what the pendulum says um it's usually right as well so don't dispel it as hocus pocus and a load of rubbish till you've had a go um it may be not for you but just have a go with it so things to take into consideration when you're blending oils is you know you should always check for contraindications and check for allergies as we've talked about in sort of administration of oils if you think you need to do a patch test just be safe work on the safe side check if a client doesn't like a particular aroma and consider what carrier oil you're going to use obviously if you're going to use something like avocado it's quite smelly on its own so you're going to need quite strong smells um to to get over the top of the avocado um discuss and decide on the specific aims of the blend with the client before you start blending and take into consideration the time of day that you're using the blend if you've got somebody coming to you that can't sleep but they've got to go back to work in the afternoon the last thing you want to do is knock them out completely in the middle of the day what you're going to do is you're going to start and prepare them you're going to get them into a slightly more relaxed state and you're going to give them the oils that will knock them out and make them sleep at, to use at home so work this one out you know do you need to give them different oils to use at home um, than what you're going to use in the blend I say to start off with, be careful not to use too many essential oils in the blend. Um, they can all sort of start and knock each other out so you don't end up with any smell uh, or any discernible smell um, to end up with. Three to four is usually enough to start off with. Some people go to five. Very, very occasionally do I go to six. Five is normally enough. I can normally get enough on five. But you do come across people that blend 10, 20 oils together. Um, I think you're getting on to perfumery 
and when you get to that many and I do think that one oil will start and sort of knock the other out in the blend but have a go uh, and see what you think so concentration of the blend as well you know are you going to use a sort of high concentration so is it going to be a very powerful smell so you're not going to use anything that's too powerful and also if you're using base notes you may only need one drop of those to two of the others to level it out so it's a playing around to get that concentration in the blend um, correct so that's we've talked about blending oils go away have a go watch the videos have a look at some of the natural perfumery sites um, and a, there is a three part uh, natural perfumery on there which is all about making natural perfumes which was written by Mindy Green who used to be the chief aromatherapist for Avida it's very interesting Mindy has got an incredible amount of knowledge about aromatherapy, perfume and blending so it's a good one to read and I'll see you on the next lesson have fun